Well, the Warriors are home. Home, sweet home, that is. When you consider that they came back from their recent four-game road trip, one and three. They've lost five of the last seven. Is it time to hit that panic button yet? Is there reason to be concerned? Two weeks ago, I'd have a profound no to those questions. Now it's a, uh, eh, not quite yet. But we'll get into that and so much more. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. I'm Cyrus Sotsas. You can follow me on Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. You can follow this program on Twitter at LockedOnDubs, where we do, uh, and I do, publish um, some hopefully great content, especially pertaining to the Warriors. Uh, but regarding today's show, first of all, our apologies for not having programs uh, at the end of last week. Um, there were some technical difficulties with the with the uh, the platform that we use uh, to produce all these shows. But we're back now. Hope everyone had a happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day uh, and had a nice relaxing day. If you had to work, hopefully it wasn't too stressful. Um, but when you talk about the Warriors, uh, at least until recently, when the, the term synonymous in warrior, I'm sorry, the term stressful in Warriors was not synonymous. Now it's eh, a little bit. When you look at the standings, for example, the Golden State Warriors at one point fairly recently were very comfortably alongside the Phoenix Suns at the top of the NBA. Now, all of a sudden, the Memphis Grizzlies are just a game and a half back of the Warriors. The Utah Jazz are two and a half games behind the Warriors. And the Warriors themselves have now fallen three games behind the Phoenix Suns for the best record in the West. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Draymond Green's injury is a huge part of it. Uh, Draymond missed the entire road trip. Uh, for those of you that remember on Clay Thompson's uh, game back, he played the first seven seconds before subbing out. Uh, he had calf tightness. We now know what the issue is with uh, Draymond Green, and it is an issue with a disc in his back. Um, the nerve that connects to the calf is being affected, and that is why he had calf tightness. And all of a sudden, we're in a position now where uh, when it comes to Draymond Green, um, there is a legitimate reason for concern because of that back injury. He's out at least two more weeks. This could be a four to six week situation. Here is what Dub Nation needs to hope for with Draymond Green. No surgery. Steve Kerr has emphasized time and time and again that one of his biggest regrets in life was having back surgery. It caused him pain and suffering for I don't know how many years. In, in recent years, uh, we've noticed he hasn't been grimacing, pinching uh, the bridge of his nose during games, which we all could see indicated he was having a headache of some sort tied into that back surgery. Uh, you know, he's missed games because of it in previous years. I think Steve Kerr has finally overcome that. No one has brought it up to him recently. And again, he hasn't shown any signs or symptoms that that back injury is causing issues. But the point is, for Draymond Green, we don't want back surgery to become the necessity for him to get better. Um, because if that happens, he is out for the year. Okay, I mean, now look, they might. someone might say, well, he might come back for the playoffs or something like that. 
that would be the ultimate best case scenario. In all likelihood for any form of back operation to be required, he's done for the year. And if Draymond Green is done for the year, this Warriors team is no longer a world championship contender. It sucks. I hate saying that. I don't want to admit it, but it's true. This Warriors team is not going to win a championship without Draymond Green. He's that important. Before his injury, he was easily the leading contender for Defensive Player of the Year. Quinn Schneider, the head coach of the Utah Jazz, came out recently and said, Draymond should be in the discussion for MVP, possibly as much, if not more so, than Steve Curry because of what Draymond does for the Warriors in terms of all those intangibles that the measurables don't always show, right? Is Draymond Green a great offensive force? No. He's okay. I feel like he's improved this year after a two-year regression, uh, and, his, and his absence offensively for this team is notable in the sense that, A, one thing that's been driving me crazy with this Warriors offense is how many threes they're forcing up. And we'll get to that in just a second. Draymond Green rarely, if ever, forces threes. Draymond Green is the calming presence for the offense of the Warriors. And what he was doing this year is if he saw an opening, if defenses were backing off him, focusing more on the Warriors shooters, he was attacking the rim. And Draymond Green is actually effective when it comes to penetrating and making layups. He's good at that. That's a skill set of his that he has that is effective. Is he a great three-point shooter? No. Is he a good three-point shooter? Yeah. But he's clutch. You better damn well remember the Western Conference Finals a few years ago against the Portland Trailblazers. It was his three without Kevin Durant that sealed the sweep of the Trailblazers in those Western Conference Finals in a series that the Trailblazers were heavily favored in because, again, Durant was out. But losing Draymond Green is huge. And you see it on both sides of the floor. And again, if worst case scenario, if Draymond is out for the rest of the year, this is not a world championship team. Now, the, the, the great news is we haven't heard any news like that. Draymond Green is one of the toughest players in the NBA. If anyone's going to come back from this, it's going to be Draymond. But in the interim, for the at least the next two weeks, they don't have him. So the question is, okay, what is this Warriors team going to do? Is, there a, is it a coincidence that the Warriors have lost five of the last seven? Is it a coincidence that they were one and three on this recent road trip without Draymond? No. His absence is huge. He was especially missed in that Memphis Grizzlies game, which they only lost by eight. The Timberwolves game is almost a wash just because Steph wasn't there. And when you don't have Steph and you don't have Draymond Green, um, we saw something somewhat similar earlier this year when they played the Raptors. Um, and look, Andrew Wiggins is not going to be a player that leads this team. Although Wiggins wasn't on that Raptors trip either, I don't think. But Wiggins, in this case, is not going to be the guy that's going to lead this team to a victory. Clay Thompson, at this point of his career, having just come back from those two major injuries, is clearly not ready to be the guy that leads this team without Steph and without Draymond Green. So that Timberwolves game is like pretty much a wash in my opinion, but that Bulls game was impressive. I mean, Kaminga was insane, and we'll talk about him in just a second and, and what he's done for this team. 
But without Steph and without Draymond, anything that results in a W is a huge positive. I mean, you just cannot expect them to win games against an upstart team like the Minnesota Timberwolves um, on the road without those two guys. Now, the game that I, I really want to focus on is uh, the that Memphis Grizzlies game, because even though they didn't have Draymond, that was still a winnable game until near the end. Um, and one thing I actually want to show you real quick, and it's a play that was being run routinely, uh, or not routinely, I'm sorry, it was a play that was being run, though, in the Bulls game when Kaminga um, was playing lights out. And this is called the Steph decoy screen. Now, I don't know if that's what Steve Kerr calls his play, but um, but that's a play I want to I want to focus on here for just just a second. Because um, it's a play that they ran incredibly effectively. Um, with Kaminga in that Bulls game. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can actually see the video. And, and hopefully if you're listening to this as a podcast, I'll describe it as best as possible. But this is the play that if the Warriors use this routinely without Draymond Green and with the proper offensive force alongside Steph, the offense is going to find success with this. And, and I'll show you the play that I'm talking about right here. And there's no audio on this. So the play that the viewers on, on uh, who are watching this on YouTube is seeing is Stephen Curry set a screen for Jonathan Kaminga, okay? And when Stephen Curry sets screens, and the defenders, the, whoever's defending Steph is not going to leave him because anyone defending Stephen Curry in any game is given a very strict edict by their coach to never leave Stephen Curry's side. And what a lot of teams like to do as well is when, is when Stephen Curry sets a screen, oftentimes the second defender will not fall back and instead will focus on Steph as well, resulting in a double team. And that double team oftentimes will result in that one player that was being defended by the second defender suddenly being open, in this case, Jonathan Kaminga. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Warriors routinely ran this play when Kevin Durant was here. And even when Durant was here, opposing defenses were so afraid of Stephen Curry that when the KD pick and roll was set, KD was routinely left open. He thrived when the Warriors ran that set. And you saw Kaminga thrive as well because, again, what players don't want is to be yelled at in a film room being pointed out that they left Stephen Curry open. And Stephen Curry is an incredibly unselfish player. He scores points because it's easy for him, but also because it helps his team win. He will happily pass it if it means success for the team as a whole. And that goes to the chemistry of this Warriors team in general. And my point with showing that play is, this is a play that now that Draymond is not there... The Warriors need to run this routinely. And Kaminga so far is thriving off it. And we'll talk about him as well in just a moment because with Draymond out, he's going to need to step it up big time. Big time. Rook, your number's being called. Dub Nation needs you. So um, let's hope for the sake of the Warriors that that Stephen Curry decoy is routinely 
run because they're going to need it. They are desperately going to need it. Uh, but first, let's take a quick break and talk about Prize Picks, one of the longtime sponsors of Locked On Warriors. So, Warrior fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA, right? That's correct. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans only who use the code NBA. Prize packs has the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. Prize picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. That works especially for this Warriors team that sometimes maybe shoots too many threes, at least lately. But when you have Stephen Curry, you can bet on those threes all day. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Go to prizepicks.com today or go to your app store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made super easy. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. I'm a routine guest on that. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. So I'm going back to our beloved Golden State Warriors. It should a panic button be pressed when you're, you've lost five of seven when you come back from a road trip one and three, when you suddenly find yourselves three games back of the Phoenix Suns and just a game and a half ahead of the Memphis Grizzlies, I'm not going to press a panic button yet. And here's why. This time of year, for some reason, this Golden State Warriors team, and this doesn't apply to all teams, but it applies to this one. This Warriors team, in what we call the dog days of the NBA season, which is right now, okay, holidays are over, all-Star game is around the corner. This team, for some reason, drags. All right? So much of the Warriors' success over the years has been dependent on effort, on energy, and chemistry, right? And the chemistry part is clearly there. Earlier in the season, the effort part, the energy part, clearly there. This time of year, again, for some reason, this Warriors team struggles. They don't like the dog days. And when that all-star break comes for some reason, and maybe this is coached, and maybe this is part of the plan, 
maybe this is this is just a psychological thing the players just inherently have. Um, again, when you have a dynasty, you have to do a lot of things right. And there's a strong possibility, and we saw Stephen Curry make a comment recently where he basically breaks the season down into three parts, right? And again, when you have a dynasty, when you have a team and individuals who have been able to sustain a level of success for this long, there is a mental approach to this where you know when to turn it off and you know when to slow things down. And this is the time of year where things slow down. And so that's why, and that's a huge reason why I'm not hitting the panic button. Because Newsflash, even though I picked the Warriors to win the championship when this season started, most people did not. Expectations for this team were not that high. Most quote-unquote experts, and I put air quotes for those watching this on uh, on YouTube, or for the podcast listeners, I use that. Because, A, first of all, most of the people in, in sports media covering basketball are not experts. They got to those positions through nepotism. They got to those positions through a huge stroke of luck. They got to those positions because in corporate media and most corporate environments, yes, men and yes, people succeed. So I refuse to call the people on television or on radio or a lot of digital platforms experts when it comes to the Warriors. But with that said, they call themselves that. And a lot of people recognize them as such, ignorantly so. They did not pick the Warriors. The expectations were not there. The pressure was not there. So this Warriors team, even now, having lost five of seven, is still wildly exceeding expectations, and rightfully so. They're a talented team. They understand the concept of team. They have a player in Stephen Curry who, in my opinion, will still end up winning the MVP award this year. I can only pray that Draymond Green comes back healthy, and he'll win the Defensive Player of the Year award. Clay Thompson's only going to improve. Clay's numbers, by the way, right now are not great, and uh, I think it's right. It's justifiably so. Um, I don't think you can have wild expectations for Clay Thompson right now, um, but his stats are great. He's averaging right now um, thirteen point eight points per game. And his shooting percentage is really bizarre. He's shooting um, 35.7% from both the field and from the three-point line. It's, it, that is kind of bizarre, but it's true. 35.7% from the three is okay. It's very poor by Clay Thompson's standards, but his standards need to be revisited for now because, again, he's been out for two and a half years. But... His three-point shooting is not there yet because, again, 35.7 for him is not great. 35.7% from the field is garbage. That isn't good, period. So we're going to hopefully see improvements from Klay Thompson as his minutes go up, as his confidence builds, um, and as his comfort level rises. I mean, there's no doubt he's happy being out there. But is he the same player that he was? No, not yet. And again, we've talked about this. If Clay Thompson gets to within 85, 90% of the old Clay, we got the championship in the bag. I hate using the term we for the Warriors. I'm sorry. I'm not a part of the team, but I love the team. I do consider myself a part of Dub Nation. But the Warriors have the championship in the bag if Clay Thompson comes back to within 85, 90% of his old form. He's nowhere near that yet. That's part of the reason why the Warriors have lost five of seven. 
that's part of the reason why the Warriors went one and one and three on this recent road trip. Clay's not back yet, and until he is, you know, you're going to still see some struggles because he's still eating up minutes. He's still starting, and but he's not playing like a starter should on a World Championship team right now. But I'm not hitting the panic button because again, that's going to improve. That's going to improve substantially. And the Warriors could do other things to improve as well. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, I want to talk about one of our longtime sponsors, Bet Online. <laughs> Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. I'm still kind of kicking myself for not betting on the Niners yesterday, Sunday, sorry, but what a game that was. And congrats to all of you who bet Niners plus three or even better the money line. But bet online remains the number one spot for all the bets for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started. Again, use the promo code locked on to get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Betonline.ag, where the game starts. Don Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. So here's one thing that the Warriors need to stop doing immediately, which I've noticed has been a very unfortunate thing. And this is not traditionally how Steve Kerr teams play, but They're forcing threes. This offense, a lot of the time, is settling for poor shots. And those poor shots are threes. It's almost like they've completely forgotten that if they want to, you can still shoot layups. You can still shoot mid-range jumpers. You can still go to the post and shoot a fadeaway. Or be creative with your footwork, use some pump fakes, and squeeze in there for an even easier basket right next to the rim. But for some reason, the Warriors players, and there's one particular player I'm going to call out here, have been settling for really poor three-point shots. And the player I want to call out is Bielitsa. He needs to stop relying on those ridiculous three-point shots that all I'm seeing lately from him are clanks, bricks, I'm talking Russell Westbrook-style three-point shots. Bielitsa needs to stop that. His three-point shooting percentage for the year is 34.8%. That's okay. The rule of law with three-point shooting in the NBA is if you shoot 33% or better, you have a green light. Because shooting 33% from the three behind the arc, the three-point arc, is equivalent to shooting 50% from two. 
And if you're shoot, if you're a 50% field goal shooter in the NBA, that's a solid number. That's a number you're very happy with. That's why Clay Thompson shooting just uh, th- what 37% from the field total, not good. So that's got to improve. Bielitsa shooting 34.8% from three is good enough, but I also guarantee you that number was much higher. He has been playing awful when it comes to shooting threes lately. They're not going in. And what these missed threes do is it stalls momentum and it forces your transition defense to ramp up because a lot of those bricks are just sending other teams on fast breaks. So the Warriors D is not even setting up half the time. You're putting pressure on your transition D at that point. And Bielitsa is not here to be a three-point shooter. He's here because the Warriors have no size. Kavon Looney, by the way, he deserves a tremendous amount of credit for the way he's been playing lately. His rebounding numbers, he's averaging nearly seven a game now. Uh, Dieter Kernbach, who was supposed to be with me today, he's going to be hosting tomorrow, and then hopefully him and I will do a show together on Thursday. Uh, his schedule is really crazy this week, um, and a huge reason for that is because he covers the 49ers for uh, the Mercury News and the East Bay Times, and he hosts uh, nighttime shows at KNBR where he's covering all the sports, not just the Warriors, and the and the Niners are now in the divisional round of the playoffs, so his hands are full. Um, that's why he's not here today. He had an appointment this morning. We were supposed to host together, but uh, the, the, the point of... Of uh, of all this is that Bielitsa. Oh, I'm sorry. The point of all the of, of bringing up Dieter is that he loves Kevon Looney, so that's his boy, and Looney's doing great. But this Warriors team has two quote unquote big men on their roster right now: Kevon Looney and Bielitsa. And Bielitsa right now needs to simplify that offense tremendously. What started as him being a tremendous surprise pickup for this team is now drawing shrugs. When you talk about who the most important players on the Warriors roster are right now, his name was being mentioned two months ago. I don't hear his name mentioned now. And when I see him playing offense, I see him routinely settling for deep threes. I see those threes routinely not going in. And I really think that's a huge part of the problem. And another huge part of the problem is rebounding, which is, a player like Bielitsa, who stands 6'9", should be helping with. I want to show you this clip real quick. This is from uh, the Warriors-Grizzlies game. All right? And my partner in crime with this program, Dieter Kurtenbach, and I, we have a disagreement in terms of the value of the three-point shot. So I'm going to show you this one highlight from that game, and and I'll, I'll verbally describe it as much as possible for podcast listeners, but if you're watching this, on uh on on youtube you can actually see the highlight here and this is the play the warriors are down 103 100 this was the play and i'm hoping there's audio associated with this uh and if not i'll try to describe it as much as possible that ended the game for the warriors and so this play for those of you listening the memphis grizzlies have possession John Morant now has the ball. Shot clock winding down. Jaw goes in. He's in the paint. Kicks it out. Deep three or two for Jared Jackson. It's missed. Now, now what happened there? 
I'm going to pause it one second. Jaron Jackson just went up for a field goal attempt. He drove into the paint and missed. Okay, now when teams miss their shots, that's where rebounding is important because if you're not grabbing defensive rebounds, those are now extra shots for the opposing team. That also adds momentum to the opposing team and takes it away from you. Momentum is vitally important when it comes to sports. You need it to win. You can't afford to lose momentum. And what happened here? Because the Warriors had no size, because Gary Payton the second was in the in the paint, because Stephen Curry was your primary rebounder, Clay Thompson was your number three guy. Those are all guards. Those should not be your primary rebounders. And what it, and what they do? They tip the ball out because they couldn't grab a rebound. And the Grizzlies got the ball back, hit a three, made the score one hundred six one hundred. And I knew right then, I tweeted that out with 4.07 left to play. You can follow me on Twitter at DogsRFroadShow. Show. I was emphatic that that was the moment they lost this game. They lost momentum, and they realized right then and there that they just can't win this game. It was over at this point. I personally knew it right away. The Memphis Grizzlies in that game shot 18 more times than the Warriors. 18 more field goal attempts than the Warriors. And despite that, the Warriors only lost by eight. But rebounding is important. In a press conference a couple weeks ago that I published right here on, on our YouTube channel, this was not on the podcast, uh, but I joined a press conference live and asked Steve Kerr a question, and I asked him, what's the latest on James Wiseman? And he gave an update that he's, you know, he, he's, he's working with so-and-so, he's getting his conditioning in, gave, his answers were very ambiguous, there was nothing specific in there. But he did dispute my notion that the team does not have a center on the roster because he wanted to give Kevon Looney credit, and rightfully so, Looney's playing great. But Looney, A, can't play all the minutes, and B, with Draymond Green out, you have a serious size issue here. And rebounding is important because when you're giving up offensive rebounds, the Grizzlies had seven more offensive rebounds in that game than the Warriors. You're giving teams extra chances. That hurts. Again, momentum is affected. And just simple math comes into play. If another team shoots 18 more times than you, that's 18 more opportunities to put up points than you. It's not complicated. Rebounding is important. So if you're asking yourself, all right, Cy, where are you going with this? Okay, where am I going with this? This team needs size. It's the one flaw of this team. They need size. And Bielitsa needs to stop heaving those ugly threes, which are driving me crazy. And he needs to go back to the basics, focus on your post-up game. He actually has, he actually knows how to play in the post. I think he might be the only player on this roster outside of maybe Draymond Green, who's pretty good at the post, underrated certainly, who actually can play in the post. Feed him the ball down low. Bielitsa, use your size for easier baskets. And stay close to the rim so that maybe you can get some offensive rebounds every once in a while. Instead of heaving up threes that just go clank, and, and it gives the other team a chance to... to for a fast break and a transition defense is never going to be as effective as a set defense ever. So Bielitsa has to stop that. 
He has to stop that. That that, that is just driving me insane. Um, I do want to end today's show on a lighter note. Uh, first of all, going back to Jonathan Kaminga, who suddenly has a very important role on this team with Draymond Green out. He had a terrific game against the Chicago Bulls, had a decent game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They still lost that game by 20. But uh, the Warriors have an upcoming seven-game homestand, and they need to turn things around in this homestand. I, I, look, look, Dieter and I were both saying, honestly, this road trip, if, if they went one and three, that's okay. This road trip was insane in terms of the competition. You didn't have Draymond Green. Clay Thompson is freshly back after missing two and a half years from two very horrific leg injuries. But when you look at the upcoming roster leading to the all-star break, um, they better they better clean some house because they have a seven-game homestand coming up where your first three opponents are the Detroit Pistons, the Indiana, Pace, Indiana Pacers. That game's going to be on TNT, by the way. I love that. Uh, and then the Houston Rockets. I'm not saying the Warriors should blow these teams out, but they better win. If they're going to be holding court at home at Chase Center, and reminding the NBA that they're still a world championship contender. And they need to hold the fort down while Draymond Green isn't playing. They got to win these games. And the remaining four games of the, of the homestand, look, if you finish those four games, two and two, I think that's okay if you win your first three. Because they got the Utah Jazz coming in, the Dallas Mavericks, who always play the Warriors tough. For some reason, Tim Hardaway Jr. decides to turn into an all-star whenever he plays the Warriors. I don't know if he's thinking of his dad or what's going on there. Uh, The Minnesota Timberwolves are coming in. That needs to be a win for the Warriors. And then the Brooklyn Nets are coming in. They don't have Durant. That should be a win for the Warriors. So actually, you know, I want three out of four out of those four games. And in this seven-game homestand, I want a 6-1 and record. Minimum 5-2. and Anything less than that, and you could call it a failure. You really could. Because, again, there's no panic button being hit yet. If a month and a half from now... The Warriors are still playing like this. Yeah, I'm going to be panicking. But right now, I'm still calm simply because, again, Surrey routinely during the dog days, his numbers go down. The Warriors during the dog days, which we're in right now, routinely just play lackadaisically. The urgency is not there. But come March, if they're playing like this, yeah, then there's going to be a huge panic button. And with this seven-game homestand, and again, this is where Kaminga is going to need to step it up. And, you know, that that Stephen Curry decoy screenplay is vitally important. Um, and and it's an incredibly effective play, especially with Kaminga. Just because just Kaminga, with his athleticism, and for a kid his age, is at only 19 years, he has such tremendous basketball awareness and smarts. It's it's something that I've heard a lot of, of, of former players, Hall of Famers, They've all admired Kaminga's intelligence when it comes to basketball and, and just his grasp of the game. Um, but there, but he needs to continue this, and Steph needs to start turning it around a little bit. Um, Otto Porter Jr. needs to step it up a little bit. Jordan Poole needs to increase his consistency. That's the one part of his game that he has not nailed yet. He's averaging, what, 16, 17 points per game? He should be, with his talent, a 20-point-per-game scorer. And he's only going to get to that when his off nights are a 15-point night, not a 5-point night. 
Um, and my, my partner in crime on the other podcast, I do the Rick Barry show. He routinely brings up the fact that Jordan Poole just needs to remember he's not Stephen Curry. Stop heaving up 35 foot threes. He has so much talent penetrating, uh, to the rim. He has such incredible ball handles. His footwork is exemplary. Um, and when he gets closer to the rim, his shot selection is beautiful. I really do think he should focus less on the three. That should be just a lesson for this whole Warriors team in general, outside of Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. Stop worrying about the three so much. Jonathan Kaminga's three, by the way, is looking really good as well. But shoot those, young man, if you're open. Don't force those. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, I want to share one last thing with you. Two last things with you, I'm sorry. Uh, the first thing is um, Klay Thompson is not the only player of the Warriors with a super cute dog, by the way. Uh, I love Rocco. Um, I love Bulldogs in general. Uh, I'm still getting over the loss of my dog. It's literally the hardest thing I've ever dealt with in my life. He was my best friend. And um, anyways, can't talk about it without starting to lose it. But uh, so, you know, Clay Thompson's dog Rocco is infamous, you know, precious English Bulldog. But he's not the Warriors player uh, with an amazing looking dog. Jonathan Kaminga. And for those of you uh, who are watching on YouTube, you can actually see the video of Jonathan Kaminga playing with his French Bulldog. That's the Frenchie as a puppy. Uh, just playing behind Kaminga's head. And then here's a couple more pictures. And this dog is uh, named Dior. And uh, again, if you're listening to the podcast, either uh, uh, if you... Uh, these pictures are posted on Kaminga's Instagram account, but I also publish these on my Twitter account as well as the show's Twitter account. My Twitter account is uh, Dog Surf Roadshow, and you can follow the, the show on Twitter at Locked on Dub. So that's Dior right there with a the second dog. I don't know if Kaminga now actually has two. <laughs> and there's, uh, there's Dior wearing some shades. Um, and then this next picture. Hold on, where'd it go? There, right, here it is. Uh, that's a, a happy birthday cake for Dior. I don't know if that was his first birthday. And the last picture is uh, you're just hanging out on a pier, I believe, at the bay. Uh, the last thing I want to share with you folks uh, before we call it a wrap is Stephen Curry was recently featured on GQ. Um, and he did an interview with them. And there's a couple snippets from that interview that I wanted to share with you uh, just because they were pretty incredible. Um, the first thing I'd like to show with you is uh, is him confirming that during halftime of games, he actually checks Twitter. And, it, and this was actually a, a, a rather revelatory uh, part of the interview because he talked a lot about what um, about what players do at halftime in general. So uh, hopefully the audio will come through for the podcast, and here is the video. What does Curry do in the halftime with his teammates? If we're winning, we're telling jokes, we're motivating each other we're having a good time if we're losing most likely somebody's getting yelled at by draymond and uh <laughs> we're trying to figure it out so we can turn it around in the second half but sometimes i do check my twitter to see all the hate or the praise coming in just depends on how the game's going what does curry do? <laughs> so um so that was stephen curry talking about what he did and him and the team does at halftime and then last but not least we're going to wrap it up with stephen curry um, this time talking about uh, whether or not there's more championships coming for the Golden State Warriors. So here's, and this is again from uh, Stephen Curry's 
interview with GQ magazine. Part of the interview was um, a video portion, and these are just some snippets uh, from that. So here's Stephen Curry on whether or not he thinks the Warriors will win more championships. Will Steph Curry ever win another title? Absolutely. That's all you need to hear. Absolutely. And I do believe that. I think he's got at least two more in him. Um, again, Dieter, Dieter Kernbach going to be hosting tomorrow. Uh, and then either him and I will be hosting together Thursday um, or it's going to be just me Thursday and Friday because Dieter is going to be covering the 49ers. Um, but sincerest thanks for spending 35 plus minutes with me today. Um, and again, the, the Warriors start their homestand against the Pistons and they need to finish the seven game stretch with at least a five and two record, in my opinion, uh, more ideally six and one or perfect seven and zero, just so they can start getting some wins and momentum again under their belt. Um, the Grizzlies are right behind them for the third seed, only a game and a half back. And the Warriors now trail the Suns by three in the standings. Um, uh, but again, thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Uh, now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Best Bets, hosted by our boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. So, uh, Dieter, we'll see you tomorrow. I will see you Thursday and Friday, and hopefully Dieter will join me on Thursday as well. And if not, um, I'll be sure to bring on some great guests as well. Uh, I don't plan on doing a lot of these sh- this, these shows solo just because it limits perspective and limits the amount of information and ins- insights and maybe entertainment that you would be receiving um, if there was someone else joining me. So, But otherwise, thank you so much again. Hope you like my new backgrounds, by the way. Uh, the, the photograph is from Seth Migdale. He gave me that photo when I used to own a surf shop in San Francisco. That's a big one with the Golden Gate Bridge. That wave underneath it is called Fort Point. And the other one is a painting. You can't see so well. I'm going to hang it up soon. Um, that was, that's, it's a, it's a painting of a surfer and his dog. And the dog is, is my baby that recently passed away, Indy. Um, and I am going to be publishing a book, uh, finishing it up this summer called the surfer and his dog. Um, it's going to be, uh, uh, hopefully it'll be success. We'll see. Hopefully people will like it. But anyways, in terms of the warriors, let's go dubs. Love you, dub nation. And, uh, we'll see you again soon. Take care later.